You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast for Monday, June the 13th of 2022. I am the host of the show, Lucas Smith. Thanks for tuning in today, each and every day. Monday to Friday here in the Locked On Cardinals podcast. I am Lucas Smith, host of the show. Once again, you can find me on Twitter at LJ Fastball. I was nursing a little bit of a sore throat last night and into this morning, so apologies for this one coming out a little bit later than usual, but still before tonight's game against the Pittsburgh Pirates as the Pirates are in town for a four-game set in three days. Uh, but still, thank you for tuning in today each and every day. And this episode that you are tuning into today, in fact, is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet online is going to have you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online, it's where the game starts. More about a wonderful sponsor coming up later in the show. But the St. Louis Cardinals are coming off a serious win against the Cincinnati Reds, and it's one that could have gone either ways. To be honest with you, they they could have they could have swept the Reds. They could have gotten swept. They could have won two out of three. They could have lost two out of three. Based on how they played. It really could have gone any which way. You look at it, they won by two on Friday. They won by one on Saturday. And then they lost by one on Sunday. So uh, plus three minus one is a plus two run differential, which is not anything, that's not a dominating number to be at, especially against a team like the Cincinnati Reds, who currently sit in last place in the National League Central Division. So it's a series that really could have gone either way. And it's one that you really weren't, or at least I wasn't really super pleased with how how dominating it wasn't. Put it that way, because this is a team in the Cincinnati Reds that the Cardinals need to be dominating. And yes, you get a series win. And overall, the, the, the positive thing to take away for this is that yes, it was a series win. You take two out of three, you move on. But the way they won two out of three wasn't the most satisfying. Yes, you had an, a, an exciting walk-off win on Saturday. You had a great pitching performance on Friday. You have a little bit of fight, a little bit of comeback, a little bit of spark in the offense on Sunday. But there's, there's things to not like about each game. And this starting pitching for the Reds was sneaky good. We talked about that on Friday, how this this weekend was going to be on how good the Cardinals pitched, and overall they pitched very well. But when you look at this 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 series on Friday, the, the two runs scored on errors, on earned runs. On Saturday, you had a base running mistake by O'Neill late in the game. Bullpen really made you fight back for it. You you had to rely on a Tommy having to walk off home run. And then you had Sunday where the offense came back, but you had the bullpen not pitch very well and Drew Verhagen, but really Dakota Hudson was the one that couldn't find their strike zone and couldn't get outs. So you had things each game that you weren't super pleased with. And in any series, whether you win all three, lose all three, or somewhere in between, you're going to have things to not like. You're going to have negatives come out of those series. But what what came out of this series for me is that you know, this offense, despite clicking at a level that, you know, the last couple of weeks, I thought it had been clicking going into the Tampa Bay series, finding a way to score more runs, finding a way to be a more complete offense. Offense starting to sputter a little bit. And this is not the time to be sputtering because coming into play on Monday, the St. Louis Cardinals sit just a half a game ahead of the Milwaukee Brewers. And for first place in the National League Central, they're 5-5 five and five in their last 10. The, the couple positives here for the St. Louis Cardinals moving forward is that they don't have a very strong schedule coming up. And the Brewers have an extremely difficult series this week in New York against the first-place New York Mets. 
You also look at it, the positives, is that the Cardinals have a plus 45 run differential in the season. The Brewers just a plus 5. So the Cardinals have been playing overall better than the Brewers. But even after the Brewers series this week, you move to Boston. Or excuse me, after the Pirates series this week, you move to Boston. And they are 8-2 and two in their last 10. And they are... 12 and a half games out of first place in uh, in the American League East, but currently hold a wild card spot uh, at 32 and 29, and a plus 40 run differential. They play Oakland this week. After Boston, you've got the key four game set with the Brewers that we talked about, and then three games against the Cubs and Marlins. So June it w- was a different or is an interesting schedule to look at. We're just about halfway through. And the Cardinals have indeed that they've won more than they've lost, despite the sweep at the hands of the Tampa Bay Rays. They have won more than they've lost, which is a good sign. But this week especially, these next three days, you've got four games in those three days, it's time to take advantage of the schedule. You've got to find a way to win three out of four against the Pirates and make it a convincing fashion. Make it one where it's not not questionable, where it's not, I don't know, are they going to win? Or, you know, They could have gone up by the... Dominate the Pirates. The Pirates are a sneaky team. Like, they're not going to be a playoff team. They're not going to, you know, make too much noise. But they are only 10 games under 500. This is a team that I thought would be where the Reds are in 17, or 18 games under 500. So this is somewhat, you can make an argument, a sneaky team. That being said, this is also not a good team. A negative 91 run differential. 3-7 and seven in their last 10. They've lost 6 in a row. And as I mentioned, 10 games under 500. 8.5 games of a playoff spot in first place in the Central and the wild card. So take advantage of it. Dominate the next four days. Next three days, they play four games. It starts with Zach Thompson today. Matthew Libertor will get the ball in game one tomorrow. We'll preview this series more in depth in segment three. But the point is, is that you have to dominate. Not only take advantage of the Cardinals' schedule, but I mentioned it. Take advantage of the Brewers' schedule as well, because the Brewers start a series, not tonight, but tomorrow, against the New York Mets. Because tonight, you're not going... If you lose tonight, the Cardinals are going to be tied for first place because that's a half a game. So take advantage not only of your own schedule and the Cardinals, but what the other teams ahead of you are and behind you are playing and that the, the Brewers have a tough series this week against the very, very good New York Mets. The New York Mets, one of two teams with 40 wins, plus 66 run differential, 23-14 and 14 against teams with an above 500 record, a very good season. After the Mets, the Phillies move on to play the Reds, and the Cardinals play the Red Sox this week. So it flips. What I mean by that is the Cardinals play a, a bad team to start, a good team to end the week. The Brewers are the opposite. They play a really good team to start and a bad team to end. You look at the rest of the month for the Brewers, they play the Blue Jays at home next weekend, the 24th or the 26th. That's a really good team. The Rays for a two-game set in the middle of the next week, and then the Pirates on the road to, to end the month. So the, the, the Brewers have a really difficult schedule coming up. The Cardinals have a couple series that, that's on the calendar that's circled that are going to be tough. But overall, outside of the Boston-Milwaukee series, this is a winnable month for the Cardinals. So take advantage of the schedule. It has a couple different meetings for the Cardinals this week that I've outlined. Because usually when you say take advantage of the schedule, it's just, okay, you play weak teams, go out and beat the weak teams. And the Cardinals certainly have their, their fair share of the weak teams they play. But go out and take advantage of what the Brewers are dealing with right now as well. Right now, you have a free game, a free day to pick up a win, to pick up half a game, to go into the doubleheader tomorrow with a full game advantage before the Brewers take on the New York Mets. And the New York Mets coming off a good win against the the Angels on Sunday Night Baseball. They, they have a lot of momentum. Chris Bassett gets the ball for the Mets tomorrow. Adrian Hauser for the Brewers. Bassett's been struggling mightily, but 
the, the Brewers have been as well. And the Cardinals so far have been able to take advantage in the fact that they have gotten first place. But when the Brewers go 2-8, and eight, you would have liked this team to be a little bit better than 5-5. Five and five. They're 18-12 and 12 on the road. Or 18 and 12 at home, excuse me. 16 and 15 on the road, 14 and 16 against teams with an above 500 record. That to me, when, when you look at the Boston series and the Milwaukee Brewers series coming up, that number right there, that 14 and 16 against teams with an above 500 record, that's the number that's going to have to improve for this team. There's no way around it. This team has to be better against teams with an above 500 record, and it starts with dominating against teams with a below 500 record. We'll see what the Cardinals are able to do tonight against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Next, we're going to talk about what the Cardinals did do against a team with a below 500 record and how they battled against the Reds this weekend. Some good, some not so good, but overall, as we talked about, a serious one. But before we do that, I want to tell you about our next partner here at the Lockdown Podcast Network that is an incredible partner called Athletic Greens. AG1 is something that is going to incredibly help you on your health journey because... With just one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75, count them, 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It helps all of the things, and it is lifestyle-friendly. Whether you eat keto, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, whatever. It is lifestyle-friendly because it contains only one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything, and it still tastes good. And it only costs less than $3 a day because you are investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's cheaper as well than getting all these different supplements yourself. You are investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. Right now is the time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient, daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every single day. That is it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash MLB network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash MLB network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Cardinals picked up a couple of wins against the Cincinnati Reds over the weekend. And at the end of the day, when all is said and done, you have to be happy with getting a series win. You saw some good things. Wainwright was able to gut through, go another, go deep into a different game again. Seems like he's doing that every single time out now, at least the last couple. You saw some good things from the offense. Arnado was able to hit a home run. He's starting to heat up. Pujols on Sunday. The, the moment by Edmund. You saw some good things. But it wasn't as convincing as you might have liked. So talk about that. But before I do that, I forgot to mention that the ultimate NBA mock draft starts June 16th here at the Locked On Podcast Network. With over 50 insiders, nothing equals the ultimate NBA mock draft. The Locked On M- NBA big board draft experts plus the Odyssey insiders. First pick is June 16th. Be sure to search the ultimate NBA mock draft and follow now so you don't miss a single pick. That's coming up in just three days from now. But overall, like I mentioned, we're going to start Friday. Friday was really, if you like pitching, Friday was your kind of game. Cardinals win it by the final score of 2-0 
Both runs for the Cardinals scored in the first inning. And both runs in the game for the Cardinals score on errors. Yeah, you got to put the ball in play to make good things happen. But you almost feel like this one was handed to you by the Reds. Offense from an offensive standpoint. Yes, from a pitching standpoint, it was the Cardinals that got things done. They did the right things. They pitched extremely well. Held the Reds to just four hits over the nine innings. But you had a Nolan Arenado single and then an, an error by Arstidius Aquino to cause a run. And then an infield hit to O'Neill, And then a throwing error by the Brandon Drury, the third baseman, give you, literally gifted you the two runs. And then you're only able to get four other hits. Just six hits on the day for the Cardinals. One by Edmund, two by Arenado, two by O'Neill. And one by Dylan Carlson in his return to the lineup. But other than that, Luis Castillo was very good. Uh, two runs. One of those was earned over six innings. Walked one, struck out three. You did see this lineup not strike out very many times on Friday, which was a good thing. They only struck out five times. But the main story of this game was the bullpen. You saw Andre Pallante give you five and a third. Fantastic innings. His season ERA gets lowered to 1.04. He gave up just four hits. He walked two and struck out four. I think John Denton asked this question on Twitter, uh, and it's in a very, very appropriate question. Where would this team be without Andre Pallante? That's a valid, a 100% valid question because Pallante has been a lifesaver for this starting rotation. And he turned in a phenomenal start on Friday when the Cardinals needed him to. If Adam Wenrack gives you five innings or Miles Michaelis gives you five innings, that's less than what you would expect. But when Andre Pallante is able to give you five-plus innings, that's a win because of who Pallante is, and now he's being stretched out to be a full-time starter. That's great. He has earned that 100%, tenfold, no questions about it. He has earned the job to be a starter. But what also impresses you, and, and honestly is the, the upper echelon of excitement for this bullpen, was Friday. You had Andre Pallante, five and a third. Henesis Cabrera, his first outing since last Sunday, he goes 21 pitches over an inning and two-thirds, strikes out one. Giovanni Gallegos walks three. It was eventful, but walked three, struck out one in a scoreless eighth. And then Ryan Helsley strikes out two in a scoreless ninth inning. He was phenomenal. Again, his ERA is lowered to 0.39. Ryan Helsley, simply phenomenal. That's the recipe for success for the St. Louis Cardinals. Obviously, you can't do it every single night. But the recipe for success is starter goes 5-6, to six, Cabrera, Gallegos, Helsley. When all three of those guys are rested and the starter gives you a good outing, you should feel really good as a Cardinal fan that this team could win that game. And that's exactly what happened on Friday. Saturday, it took a little bit of, not luck, but it took a little bit of grinding from this offense, which overall is a good thing. This offense is not one that was grinding earlier in the year to make a lot of comeback wins, but they were able to. Reds put up three in the third. They had one in the eighth. The Cardinals scored one in the sixth, two in the eighth, and two in the ninth for a 5-4 win. Hunter Green was phenomenal. He, th- th- this is the upside, upper echelon excitement for the Reds standpoint in terms of what they want from Hunter Green. Hunter Green, a highly touted prospect, somebody that has electric stuff. We saw the great fastball, good slider. Just phenomenal. He goes five-plus innings, two hits, an earned run, walked a pair, struck out seven. But after he was taken out, Diaz, Sessa, Strickland, and Kunal didn't strike out a batter. 
Diaz with a scoreless inning. Sessa pitched a scoreless inning. Strickland was charged with two runs, and so was Kudel as well as a blown safe. If you get to this bullpen, you have a really good chance of at least coming back. And on Saturday's case, the Cardinal offense was able to come back and get a win. Tommy Ebbin, a two-hit day. Paul Goldschmidt's on Bay Street came to an end, but he could care less. You saw Arenado, a two-hit day as well. O'Neill, one for two, three RBIs. Mr. Grand Slam by about two to three feet earlier in the game. If he hits that Grand Slam, but again, what if, game of inches, all these things are true, but if he does find a way to get that just a little bit more deep and get it just out of here, complexity of that game changes. Everything changes about that game. But what I was impressed with, you talk about the fight, it wasn't just scoring two runs in the eighth or two runs in the ninth. It was you had a Tyler O'Neill double in the sixth, erased on the bases on a pickoff move. And then, you scored two runs in the eighth. You're still down one because of the, the run that was given up in the top of the eighth. Oh, I'm sorry, the pickoff move happened in the eighth. I beg your pardon. Pickoff move happened in the, in the bottom of the eighth. But you start in the ninth. You get... A leadoff walk to Dylan Carlson. Things are going great. Things are on. Fantastic. Things are rolling smooth. And then Molina grounds into a double play on the first pitch he sees. So momentum gone again. But then Juan Yepes, RBI single. All right, a little bit of life now. I got Edmund. Maybe he can get the tying run. Not necessarily a home run threat. And then a and then an Aaron pickoff throw moves Edmund to second base. Or excuse me, moves Yepes to second base. Now you're feeling really good. And then Edmund goes above and beyond and hits a home run. So despite the base running mistakes that this team made, despite the double play they grinded into late in the game, this team was still able to find a way. It wasn't just a generic two runs, two runs, ball game. It was two runs, mistake, cost momentum. It was uh, started inning well, mistake, cost momentum, restarted, things are going well. Juan Yepa is just heating back up for the Cardinals. Opposite field base hit on, on Saturday, two run shot yesterday. That's also a good sign out of this team. And even, I know I know it's the Reds' bullpen, so a lot of teams have been coming back <laughs> against this Reds' bullpen. But even on Sunday, in a 7-6 loss, the Cardinal offense was able to find a way to make things interesting late. Dakota Hudson was not good yesterday. It was his first not good outing in a, in a couple turns through the rotation. But he, he just plain and simple did not get it done. He went seven innings. But gave up six runs. He walked two, struck out two, gave up nine hits. He threw 95 pitches, 56 for strikes. The only positive was that he was able to go multiple innings. Yoan Oviedo was tagged with, tagged with an earned run in an inning. TJ McFarland pitched an inning. He was not charged an earned run. But it was the run late. It was, you know, hindsight's 20-20, but it was the run in the eighth that Oviedo gave up that proved to be the difference. Because you look at the scoring in this game, you had a wild pitch that scored Edmund in the first, the Cardinals are up 1-0. Arnado, homers, you're up 3-0. Reds put up a three-spot in the fourth, a one-spot in the fifth. Albert ties it with a ground rule double, that if that hits the wall, Donovan's probably scoring, and the game is different because then the Cardinals have the lead, but Pujols ties it. A triple in the seventh, a sacrifice fly in the seventh, puts them up two. Tommy Pham hits a home run in the eighth, puts them up three. And even the two-run shot by Yepes proves to be not enough. Because even in that top bottom, excuse me, the bottom of the ninth, you get two quick outs, 
Brendan Donovan does what Brendan Donovan does best, and that is work a walk. It was an eight-pitch walk, work the count full. Juan Yepes hits a home run. That's something that we have been dying to see for a while. So you would have liked to see it more convincing, more a more cut-and-dry winning two out of three against the Reds this weekend. But overall, a series win is a series win. Some positives to take out of it. Take the momentum of winning two out of three into the series this week against the Pittsburgh Pirates because the Cardinals are going to need to take advantage. I talked about it in segment number one. Goal number one needs to be winning the series, and it needs to be in convincing fashion. Cardinals have a great opportunity this week to take advantage and to beat the Pirates. We'll talk about the Pirates series and what it will take for the Cardinals to win after I talk about our title sponsor today, and that is BetOnline.net. It is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including but not limited to this year's basketball championship matchup, the NHL Hockey Conference Finals, and Stanley Cup Finals, Major League Baseball scores, and of course, all the latest fighting news from MMA, UFC, to boxing. It's all on BetOnline. I can spend hours on this site. It is a site that has a ton of information and a ton of ways for you to win some money. Because it is the number one source for all of your sport wagering information, whether you want a live bet, esports, or more, head to the website today. Or you can use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online. It's where the game starts. Game tonight between the Cardinals and Pirates, 645 first pitch. I'll actually be at the game tonight, and it's going to be a toasty one. Highs and triple digits tonight and the next three nights. So if you're going to Bush... Be prepared to buy some water because it is going to be toasty there in St. Louis. But Mitch Keller gets the ball for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Zach Thompson makes his Bush Stadium debut for the St. Louis Cardinal. First time Bush Stadium 3 is seeing the number 57. Um, Darryl Kyle was the last man to wear that number for the St. Louis Cardinals before he tragically passed away. But Zach Thompson will be looking to improve upon his last his last outing. When he made his debut at Wrigley Field, it came in relief, but he punched out three in that outing, went four innings, so he gave up a run. ERA sits at 2.25. Looking for, looking for him to give the Cardinals a little bit of length. Just give, give the Cardinals some length, and hopefully the offense can take advantage of Mitch Keller, because Mitch Keller has, does not have good numbers coming into the start. 2-5, and 5-2-6 ERA for the once highly titled prospect, and a total number of 11 games this year, nine of those being starts. He pitched against the St. Louis Cardinals on the 9th of April, gave up four runs in four innings, six hits, one home run. He walked two and then struck out four. That's his only start against St. Louis this season. So the Cardinals will be looking to duplicate some of that success against Mr. Keller in tonight's game. And then for tomorrow, you're going to have Matthew Liebertor get the ball in game number one. It is a 12-15 first pitch for that. It's going to be Matthew Libertor versus JT Brubaker, who is still looking for his first win of the year. He's at an 0-6 to 460 ERA. Nolan Arenado is hitting 385 and 13 at-bats with a home run. Carlson, 417 and 12 at-bats. You've got Yadier Molina, who's 4 out of 8 against him. You've got Tyler O'Neill, who's 3 out of 7 with 2 home runs. And Emundo Sosa even is 2 out of 3. So plenty of success offensively speaking for the Cardinals against Brubaker in game number one. In game number two, 
Miles Michaelitz gets the ball versus Bryce Wilson. Wilson is 0 out of 3 with a 7.53 ERA. We'll go through the numbers here as well. Nolan Arenado, 2 out of 6, 2 home runs. Dylan, uh, yeah, Dylan Carlson, 4 out of 8. You've got Tommy Edmond, 4 out of 5. You've got D- Nolan Gorman, 2 out of 2 with an RBI. Tyler O'Neill is 2 out of 4. You've got success against Wilson as well. And Miles Michaels will be looking to continue his success and get back on track and have success against the Pirates, who are not a good offense, plain and simple. And then you go to Thursday, or Wednesday, excuse me, for Game 4 of this series, a 6.45 start again. Andre Pallante scheduled to get that start against uh, Rosne Contreras, who is 1-1 with a 2.57 ERA. So the only pitcher, from my standpoint, that should scare the Cardinals or should be a, a huge cause of concern is Contreras on Wednesday. Other than that, this offense needs to dominate. This offense needs, as I talked about in segment number one, to take advantage of the schedule. Use the heat to your advantage. Let the ball sail out of the ballpark. Get some length from Thompson. Hopefully, Libertor impresses again as he gets his second call up. Michaelis returns to success. Palante continues to success. I mean, Michaelis is coming off eight shutout innings against the Rays. Complete game. Phenomenal. This series against Pittsburgh Pirates needs to be one of dominating stature. There's no question about it. And the Cardinals, in my opinion, or I guess you could say the Pirates, in my opinion, have the pitching for that to be the case for the, for the Cardinals. To clarify, based on who the Pirates have coming to the mound this week against St. Louis, that should set the Cardinals up for success against the Pirates. Now, there's a reason you play the games. People have off nights. People have great nights. So there's a reason you play the games. And I'm sure something's going to go wrong and something else is going to go right that I think is going to go wrong. But the Cardinals need to have the mindset of three out of four. Not split, not, not, you know, not conservative. We'll go for a split and a fork. No. Three out of four needs to be the goal, needs to be the mindset, and in my opinion, should be and needs to be the result. Whether that looks like winning tonight, splitting the two games tomorrow, winning Wednesday, whatever it might be. Because I understand sweeping a doubleheader is difficult and is extremely tough, especially when it's a division foe like the Pirates. But the pitching, even for the Cardinals side of things, you can make an argument, is, a, is, a, is an advantage, is a plus for this team when you've got Palante and Michaelis going in the same series with what they've done in their last couple starts. And then you're going to have Wainwright next Friday against the Boston Red Sox. Or this Friday, excuse me. Regardless, to, to kind of wrap up, the, wrap up the show, put it all in a bow to, to, for, for the points that I've made today, the schedule for both the Brewers and the Cardinals is advantageous to the Cardinals right now. If St. Louis can take care of business, take 3-4 against the Pirates, and the Mets as well take care of business and continue their hot streak and continue their incredible season. Take advantage of the schedule. Make this a convincing series win. That's the challenge, in my opinion. Regardless, we'll talk more about Libertor and Michaelis in tomorrow's episode, as well as talk about what happens tonight for the St. Louis Cardinals. Be sure to uh, tune back in tomorrow. Be also sure to tune in to Locked on MLB with our pal Paul Francis Sullivan, but we call him Sully. You should do the same. He gives you his take on the majors, both past and present. 
Be sure to follow me on YouTube or on Twitter at LJ Fastball. Keep the subscribers coming on YouTube. Upwards over a thousand. Thank you very much from the bottom of my heart for that. Subscribe on your favorite podcasting platforms. Locked on Cardinals podcast, free and available wherever you get your podcast. But regardless, until I talk to you guys tomorrow, be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic rest of your day.